Thanks for joining us today on Inside the Nest, the official podcast of Kennesaw State Athletics. And we are getting you set for Kennesaw State's non-conference game this Saturday, 6 o'clock in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Gibbs Stadium, as Kennesaw State takes on Wofford College. Jordan Griffith, Brandon Sutton joining me today. I'm Nolan Alexander, voice of the Owls. Good to have JG from the Owl Network, Brandon Sutton from the Owl Network and football alumnus. This past Saturday, first Power 5 matchup in Kennesaw State history, and we learned things on Saturday. Kennesaw State came up short 45-17. We learned the Owls didn't perform at their best. Obviously, this is a game going in that Kennesaw State coaches really want to see the Owls at their best. There were moments to take away from it that are positive for KSU. And, you know, I think overall KSU fought for four quarters there. Was the execution there for four quarters? No. Was the fight there for four quarters? Yes. A lot of positives to take away and some plays they were able to make. You know, I thought the D-line, despite jumping off sides a handful of times, really fought hard against the Tech O-line, created pressure in the backfield. The Yellow Jackets didn't run the football that well until late in the fourth quarter with Dante Smith. And I thought the KSU D-line did a really good job. The linebackers, too, Reddick, Bates, and Thompson, of creating some havoc back there against Georgia Tech in the backfield or at the line of scrimmage. So remiss not giving them a shout-out. Special teams, Nathan Robertson had a career-long field goal, 46-yarder, matched his career-long from 2019. Kickoff coverage unit struggled a little bit at times. Punt unit was better than what it was against Reinhardt. You know, no bad snaps. Moran was able to get them off. So we saw some progress. I think we still see a lot of room for improvement, which is always good. Don't want to peak in week two, right, guys? Hey, definitely, man. And and just like you were saying, I 100% think that just everything that we were able to see is, is going to be extremely beneficial for the Owls going out through the rest of the season. Because even though we weren't able to come out with the result that we wanted, we were able to see uh, we're going to be able to see a lot of good things on tape. And most guys, you're like, oh, a bad game. Why do you want to watch that? Well, because you learn a lot about your team, you learn a lot about yourself, and you learn about and you learn a lot about how you're able to, the things you're going to be able to do with these guys going forward to help make your team better. And that's what's going to be so exciting to see how the next step they take. Yeah, certainly in the second half, that's starting to get to the point where they could start experimenting for the future. And not just in terms of players, but styles of offense. I mean, we saw them in the shotgun a few times in the third and fourth quarter that we haven't seen pretty much all year so far, including the spring, if, if my memory serves me right. So that can only help you down, down the stretch in late fall season. We did see a little bit in the spring, but the spring seems like decades. Yeah, yeah it does. It does. <laughs> e eons, centuries, generations ago. But you're right. It's compared to the typical under center spread option offense, the Owls are in the shotgun as much. We're able to do some things out of that shotgun style on offense. I think for me, we talked about it a lot in the broadcast. The play of the game where this game changed was the second drive for Kennesaw State yep. and the Georgia Tech defensive end, Jordan Dominic had the forced fumble, fumble recovery, scoop and score. I went back and watched that play probably 10 times. And if the Owls were able to execute the play and first give credit to Dominic, I mean, he's a, he's a long-arm guy, got his arms in the way. He played it really, really well. If that play doesn't happen, there's three blockers on three Georgia Tech defenders plus a Kennesaw State running back. Usually when that adds up, Brandon Sutton, that, that's six for the good guys. If that happens... It's a 7-7 ball game instead of 14-0. And we went through and kind of tracked it of how that game could have played out differently. Instead of 24-3 at the half, it's 
maybe the score is even a little different, I think that play, without a doubt, changed the course of the game. And definitely, uh, not just from the momentum alone that that play caused for uh, Georgia Tech on Saturday, but had uh, Dominic's hand placement been slightly a little bit higher or maybe a little bit short and that ball could have gotten out, uh, who knows, de there's definitely plenty of opportunity for the Owls to score on that play. And just, just seeing how that changed the pace of things going forward. Because even though on the first drive, we, we weren't, able to fully get rolling, but we, we saw good things. We saw people getting out on blocks, people being able to sustain blocks, even though we're playing against bigger bigger competition, mm -hmm. so to speak. And uh, it, we were seeing a lot of good things from a lot of people on the field. And it's just it was just uh, crazy to see how this one play can just take the momentum from everything and just push it towards one side. And we were just able to see how everything played out. Yeah, what I, what I think was so hurtful about it was just that it happened so early. We all, I mean, even as broadcasters, we came to the game amped. My hands were shaking. Okay, I was so, <laughs> I, I took Excedrin. I was so ready for that game. I was all, all caffeinated up. And just for it to happen so early and then coming in as, as massive underdogs, as we all knew, it, it just kind of changed the energy of the game throughout there. And then, you know, they start to put some things get, together in the second half that, that really brought some energy to it. But just after that, you know, that, that, that doubt starts creeping in the back of your head, like, oh, it's Georgia Tech, it's KSU. But that could have changed everything. If they were going down there to score, you're like, hey, we got a shot. We, mm -hmm. we, can, we can really compete with these guys. And, yeah, that, that, that was definitely the play of the game for sure. Performers of the game, who did y'all pick? Uh, I'm going to go with Adelu Adelike. There we go. So he knows I got his name right. <laughs> uh, he had a great performance on Saturday, some outstanding blocks, and uh, a spectacular catch for a touchdown later in the game. And I just felt like he, he, uh, he had a great performance on Saturday, uh, showed a lot of eat, and performed at one of the highest levels. Jordan? Yeah, I'm actually going to go with two again. I, I keep cheating the system, but this is what I'm going to do. One that's kind of unorthodox, but Ian Cousin, obviously the, the, the leading rusher of the game with 54 had the long touchdown as well. But another player I kind of want to talk about is a guy we plan on talking to today, Caleb O'Neill. He didn't record a single stat that game, I mean, if, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm correct on that. He recorded one, one reception. Okay, one reception. He was fighting on the edge against those corners. He was fighting the entire game. There was always that, that point in the broadcast booth, that point, which is, oh, hey, look, 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 something's happening. Something's <laughs> happening at the end. At the end of plays, he's scrapping. He fought the entire time. He was finishing guys with blocks into the dirt. That's something when you roll back the tape, hey, Caleb, great job. Okay? <laughs> and, and you know what? Again, the, the stats didn't. He didn't have, you know, 200 yards receiving in that game. But it didn't matter because he fought just, I mean, as good as you can hope for for a player like that. Hey, and our offense, man, you're right. Just just being able to see that from our wide receivers, that's so impactful on not, uh, not only our downfield running, but just them being able to hold and sustain those downfield blocks. It helps out everybody from the quarterback to the offensive line, everybody. Well, good picks on our performance of the game. I, Xavier Shepard isn't my performer of the game, but I, I do want to commend X for – he, he never seemed rattled in that game. Like, he, there's times definitely he made some mistakes on there, opened up the wrong way, had, had a couple of picks. But he got hit a lot in that game, and he got back up and fought the entire game. If, if you had just turned on that game late in the fourth quarter and you saw him play, you wouldn't have known how the game had just started out. There was no score on there at all. The way he carried himself from what we could see upstairs and then see on the broadcast, I thought he did a really good job in a difficult game. Again, the Owls got down early. But X stood in there, and he fought the entire game. So I want to commit X for that, and I think the Owls did as a whole for four quarters. So that's our performer of the game. What stat did y'all feel like dictated the outcome here? Or 
is one that wasn't talked about and discussed enough that looking back is, is something that was pretty indicative of the score that we saw? Uh, for me, personally, I'm going to say uh, turnovers and penalties because uh, we saw early in the game how turning the ball over would affect this offense and knocks us off rhythm. But just not just the turnovers alone, just self-penalizing ourselves, causing uh, continual problems for us on offense and defense. It's just not the way we want to see things continue to go here going forward. Yeah, I think you made a great point with the offsides. Those go, get those free plays, those free shots for Georgia Tech. Those are only confidence builders for the opposing team, and especially, I mean, Yates. Four touchdowns on the day, man. He, he looks spectacular. Also, got to give credit to where it's due with him. He, as a backup, has come in and done an absolute bang-up job for Georgia Tech. I would say for me, the fact that Shepard had to throw 20 times. He, eight of 20, like Barkley said on, on the broadcast, when Kennesaw State throws 20 times, I'm sure there's a stat out there for the record of that game, and I'm sure it's not very good because, you know, you, you get behind on the chains. You just have to start heaving the ball down the field. And that just leads to disaster for Kennesaw State. But, again, he started to show some maturity in the second half. They, they got the two big plays, and, and, and X was able to start to put some things mm -hmm. together as well. For me, it's third downs. Kennesaw State was just 3 of yeah. 15 on third downs. Georgia Tech was 6 of 11. And a lot of times for Tech on third downs, it wasn't a penalty. There's a penalty flag for the outs jumping off sides, but we discussed it where then it allowed Yates to take some shots beyond the sticks that he didn't do much of right. throughout the game. I think there was, there was twice, and there were both touchdown passes when he really took a shot more than 15, 20 yards. But besides that, it was short, intermediate dump-off routes, but it would be third down. Al's a jump, and he says, you know what? I can go out here, scramble around, and I can do whatever I want because it doesn't matter because it's, it's a free play. Yeah. And that allowed Georgia Tech to have more opportunities, in, in my mind, Four conversions, but the Owls just three of 15 on third downs. I thought that really inhibited Kennesaw State to winning the ball game. So the Owls fall 45-17 to Georgia Tech on Saturday in their first Power Five matchup. We now look ahead to Wofford this Saturday. These two teams have history, both playoff victories for Kennesaw State here in 2018, 13 to 10, a really low-scoring affair. 2019, it was the Jonathan Murphy coming out party, rushing for over 200 yards off the bench. Owls won 28-21 first round of the 2019 FCS playoffs. So you get a Wofford team that comes in 1-0, beat Elon by two points, blocked a field goal at the end of the ballgame to get the victory, and then had a bye week. So this is a Wofford team that has lost to Kennesaw State twice, is motivated, gets a victory, and then gets more time to think about and get ready for Kennesaw State. This is going to be a four-quarter war in Spartanburg. Hey, you, you knew the nail on the head, Nolan. Uh, this is going to be a ground-and-pound, hard-nosed football game. It's going to be a 15-round boxing match, and it's just going to be an exciting thing to see. These, these Wofford Terriers are excited to see these Owls again because after their last two meetups, it has not ended the way they wanted. Uh, and just, just knowing from coming from another uh, triple option perspective, these guys are going to come ready to play to prove their grit and their grind and show that they can run the ball and uh, make up for these previously two losses. Yeah, I mean, I mean, talking about the triple option, Kennesaw State, Coach Bohannon prides themselves on being tough, uh, being nasty. Wofford does the same thing. They, they, they run the same kind of offense. There, there are no soft players on a triple option offense, okay? Every one of these guys is hard-nosed, and they're tough. Let's see who's tougher. Mm -hmm. Wofford, we know, is from those two playoff games, they've been around for a while. They've had success. They're now under Josh Conklin, who – took over for Coach Ayers, who retired after numerous years at Wofford. 
in the spring, it wasn't good for Wofford. So this is another motivating thing for the Terriers. Uh, they struggled in the spring, and that broke up a streak for Wofford in which they had won three straight SoCon championships, four straight FCS playoff appearances. Kind of like Kennesaw State this year. Wofford entered the year feeling like they had something to prove, and we're going to see it on Saturday, 6 o'clock, against the Wofford Terriers. So going into this matchup for Kennesaw State, looking at the Owls, how do you want to see KSU improve from not only the Georgia Tech game, but we saw in Reinhardt, to going out on Saturday and trying to make it 2-1 and one with a win over a tough Wofford team? What do you want to see out of KSU? Uh, first things first, I want to see us get this ground game going. So Saturday against Tech, we, we weren't able to fully just see the guys just fully get going from a uh, run game perspective. We were able to see, see some some potential, but we weren't able to see everything fully get get rolling and get moving. So I'm, I'm very excited to see where, first things first, where what direction Coach Chestnut's going to go in preparation of this this heavy hitter offensive uh, triple option game. But I'm, I'm mostly excited to see how we're going to get the one back, I mean the two back involved, how we're going to get slot backs in space, and just what are we going to continue to do, and just see how these wideouts continue to just dog people on the outsides. <laughs> For me, I want to see more chunk plays. We saw it against Reinhardt. We saw it in the second half against Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. If they can be a little more explosive like they have been, again, in the second half against Georgia Tech, they carry that in, that's going to change a lot of things, and that's going to, that's going to free up the dive right up the middle to, to uh, Kyle Glover. For me, I, I think it's what the defense can do on the opposite side for chunk plays because, again, against Reinhardt, you take away the 80-yard run by Billy Hall, and, right. and credit to Billy Hall for that. If you remove that, the run defense was pretty strong for Kennesaw State. And like I said earlier, against Georgia Tech, it was strong until the fourth quarter with Dante Smith. So I like what I've seen out of the KSU run defense. If the Owls can have that similar success against Wofford, then the Terriers do need to go to the air like how we like to do and try to get those big plays. Can you win those one-on-one -on -one matchups? Can you be in position for that? So that's, what, that's what's in line for me. We look forward to it 6 o'clock Saturday Gibbs Stadium, Spartanburg, South Carolina. We'll have the call for you on the KSU Owl Network. The link available, KSUOwls.com. And make sure you download that brand new, full free KSU Owls app. Go in the App Store, search KSU Owls. Up next on Inside the Nest, we'll be joined by wide receiver Caleb O'Neill coming up right after these messages. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all. Like cushions and popcorn. And counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola, together tastes better. At Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. Five thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service, to our security solutions, to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a Fifth Third better. Learn more at 53.com. Fifth Third Bank, member FDIC. We're joined by senior wide receiver Caleb O'Neill here on Inside the Nest as KSU gets set for Wofford this Saturday, 6 o'clock in Spartanburg. Well, Caleb, 
Uh, that was a, a difficult, long game for Kennesaw State on Saturday. You played. I don't have the snaps in front of me, but it seemed like you were out there for 75% of the offensive plays for Kennesaw State, not just uh, on the numbers at receiver, but lining up at, at tight end tackle, getting down and dirty in the trenches. How did you feel after the game Saturday? Physically, after the game, I felt pretty beat up. You know, getting down there with some – getting after some big dudes, some guys that I usually don't have to block people that large or that large of humans. But um, physically, I was I was worn down pretty good. And, you know, just normal bumps and bruises. And, well, I didn't I – didn't, I don't remember that, but I, that kind of hurts, you know. <laughs> but uh, physically, I, I just felt a little beat up. But, I mean, that's football, you know. That's what we, that's what we play the game for. Um, uh Looking at it from a offensive perspective, I think we we definitely left a lot out there that with just a few small attention to detail things could have made an astronomical difference in the way the game went. Um, I'm not saying that that one one thing or two things win the game, but there are things that we definitely need to improve on going forwards so that we can give ourselves a better chance to be in a game or to win a football game. How are you trying to take ownership of that? Um, for, personally, I, I try to have the least amount of missed assignments out of anyone on the team. That's one of my personal goals. Um, and just because I want to lead by example, um, I'm, tr I'm trying to be a more vocal leader, especially this year and in the springtime, but I've since I've been here, I've been trying to be a um, lead-by-example guy for, for my entire career, for my entire life, really. And I want guys to be like, man, he, he did get a bunch of snaps this week, or, hey, he's, he's busting his butt in practice, and he's still out here giving every ounce of energy he's got for the Owls on Saturdays. Hey, and, and a lot of guys don't know, but like th those missed assignments, how, they don't they don't understand how, how how big time that is. Oh yeah, <laughs> like uh, these coaches, they they go through that film with a fine tooth comb. They try to find every wrong step you take, every time you didn't come off with the right foot. So just being being able to achieve being one of those low missed assignment guys is big time, and just like. And I can I truly understand how that uh, affects your like leadership position on the team. So I just want to just say for, from from being a leader and just looking at things, how, how are you going to try to get guys to just turn around and just get ready for this weekend and just have their mindset for hey, Walford's next, next man, next thing's up, let's go. Yeah. So I I actually was talking to some guys walking out to practice today, and you know after after a game like we had Saturday with with the minor details even. Both sides of the ball. I mean, there was small things. There were large things. Obviously, we, we you can see that just by looking at the box score and the penalties and all of that stuff. But um, I try to encourage people to be like, look, you know what? Like my one of my largest mentalities or largest things in my head, especially after a game and a loss, is just flush it and what's next. You know, like that game yesterday doesn't doesn't define our season or the game Saturday doesn't define our season. Mm -hmm. The Reinhardt game doesn't define our season. What defines our season is our next game. Yep. And our, you know, but our coaches say it all the time, um, you're only as good as what you put on the field. So I try to let my play speak for itself as much as I can. And then if someone comes and talks to me or asks me a question or I overhear someone, that's when I really try to step in and be like, hey man, look. So like, I've been here, I've been here a long time and I kind of, somewhat understand the way things go and last week is last week is last week and we have we have a whole new a whole new opponent a whole new week 
to prepare to get our, my mind, my body, your mind, your body, our team's mind, our team's body going in the right direction to go out there and get a win in our next game because that's what's most important, mm-hmm. what's next. Clearly you talked about the penalties, the big things. Also talking about the small things you said that could have changed the outcome of the game. What were some of those that you, you want to work on and uh, get better for Wofford? Um, obviously we had a couple We had a couple drops in the passing game that as a triple option offense, you, you, you can't drop the football, especially in if you're – deep behind their secondary, like, hey, man, we got to hang on to that thing, get a big chunk yardage play, get some momentum going, and get us back on script with our play calls and with what we're going on there. And then, obviously, we had multiple fumbles and pitch pitch issues in the backfield, which that is caused by a variety of things. Credit to some of those Georgia Tech guys because they were long. They they got their hand on a couple of those pitches. Like, that was that – was, th- those are some big dudes. We usually don't mm-hmm. see guys – that that long out there on the field, you know, they're they're a power five team and they look they look like a power five team. Um, so like obviously those are the obvious ones that anybody watching that game saw. But as as B Sut knows, there's like he said with footwork, with one step. If I would have taken one more step in the correct direction, oh, I had my leverage, I could have got that guy blocked, and it could have sprung the running back. Or as me as a wide receiver, if oh I made I made good contact with the cornerback or the safety, but I didn't really lock on to him and really block him. I just kind of hit him, and he, he got off the block and got in on the tackle when we could have got that extra two yards for a first down, or we could have had someone spring free and, you know, scoot down the sideline. So it's just details matter, especially in this, in this sport. You know, it's, it's a game of inches, so people take that for granted sometimes, but it truly is. It's one step, one wrong false move with your eyes when get off balance and oh man I didn't I didn't complete my my assignment that play and then you never know when it's going to be that 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 ball can get busted out the back and we can all have a party in the end zone now I I saw you fighting with those corners all day against (laughs) Georgia Tech how do you feel like like you blocked those corners on Saturday um I feel like I did I did all right um there was a couple plays where I personally wanted to really like finish a block and you, you know but but um, my, one of my main things when it comes to blocking is, did my guy make the tackle? Or was he even in, if there was a big pile, a big skirmish, was my guy, did my guy get in there? Yes or no. And there's a lot more that goes into it with leverage, with footwork, with everything. But at the end of the day, if my guy didn't make the tackle because of me, I did my job. You know? mm-hmm. that, and if, if he did get in on the tackle or he did make the play, then obviously, boom, hello, <laughs> You messed up. That's all. That's on you, number eighty-six. So you just gotta, you gotta do your job. And when, when if if you don't complete it, you gotta you gotta take your lump and you gotta win next win the next play. So those times you did line up on the line of scrimmage with your hand in the turf. How often do you go out here and practice what it takes to be a, a tight end tackle in those situations? What does that look like for you? So we we haven't done it as much in the past with me. Because we had we had guys like him that that he they they uh, he would come in for the king personnel very very frequently, but now um, we we do it a few times a week in practice. So like during individual period, Coach Buchanan will send me and a couple other the wide receivers over with Coach Cook to the shoot, and we'll work on we'll work on our veer steps or our scoop steps or even our just like straight off the ball. 
I don't even I don't even remember what it's called. But they, <laughs> ro- they roll the ball to you, and you got to get down and and like get your pads low and hit the ball and keep, get your eyes, your body and eyes trained on when that when a backer's coming or when mm-hmm. a guy spikes. What you what do you have to do if you if you have to protect a gap or if you have an area to protect? So Coach Cook helps us with that a lot. We go, we've gone over there. We go over there more a, a few times a week whenever we have kind of some tied, t- tackle mm-hmm. tight end heavy install for that week. Sure. Wide receiver Caleb O'Neill joins us here on Inside the Nest. Well, let's go ahead and look forward to this Saturday at Wofford, a team that Kennesaw State and you are very familiar with. The Owls have beaten the Terriers twice in the playoffs. Similarity, again, like Kennesaw State, they have something to prove after the spring season, and they come in now 1-0 and off a bye week. So all the storylines are there for Wofford to come out and give its best against Kennesaw State with a lot to prove. How does this team feel going into the matchup? Do you get the vibe from your teammates that uh, Wofford's not going to come in soft? Wofford's going to come in trying to throw some punches. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, but as as Kennesaw State Owls, as a team, as with the staff and everyone involved, we always look at it as we're going to – we have to play our best because everyone's going to give us our, their best. You know, and we've, mm-hmm. we've played Wofford two times now, and it's been some heavy-hitting – knock down drag out football games so as a guy that's been here for both of those games i understand that wofford's wofford has they always have a football team and those boys come ready to play whether we we're going to spartanburg or they're coming to kennesaw georgia it's it's uh it's always been a tough game i was gonna say do you get a wofford mascot with the <laughs> apparently they're apparently they're sneaking up behind us <laughs> but yeah so you know i mean it's historically it's been it's been a knockdown drag out game mm-hmm. with the 2019 playoffs with it was just wild in the way that game just kind of took a turn for us and for them. And, you know, it, you have to – I look at football games every week the same when I prepare is I have to be as good as I can be for, for my teammates on Saturday night or morning, whatever. So I know, there's a lot of guys on our team that prepare that same way. And I think that's and that's how the coaches want us to prepare, and they they encourage us to prepare is, regardless of who our opponent is, mm-hmm. regardless of what the scheme is this week, regardless of, oh man, I I had some homework last night, I had to stay up a little too late. We're expected to come out prepare like we're going to play in a national championship game every single day, mm-hmm. and that's something that, as a team, we we all have to get better at. I have to get better at it, and I have to consciously make a decision every day that. I'm going to get better today. I will get better today, tomorrow. And if you can stack that, that's what ultimately can lead to success for an individual and for, for the team, obviously. With that preparation style and with the method that I know these coaches preach and the way all of our guys try to go about that, how is that going to continue to help you guys, especially this week when you're going to be facing a defense that's pretty familiar with the triple option offense that we run and then a, another uh, offense from their side that our defense is going to be pretty familiar with. So it's going to be a, another hard-hitting battle just because, one, you're going to know what's coming, and, two, we, we, you've played it before, you know what to expect, so you, you know what, you're, what kind of fight you're walking into from the very beginning. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, there's times in games for from years past, you know, as well as I do, that we call a play at the line of scrimmage and they're like, they're running it right here. And sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not, but that's just kind of the ebb and flow of playing a game and making making calls from the line of scrimmage that like we do sometimes and and yeah, we that that's just how it goes. You know, <laughs> you're, you're we're familiar with them, they're familiar with us, mm. and it's just going to be 
kind of like like we've been talking about, we're going to have to lock in, execute those minute details so that we can go out there and win a football game. And that's what, and the, the way we do that, where we learn to do that, is out here on the practice field Monday through Thursday, mentally on Friday, and then boom, it's time to rock, you know. So it's a, like I said earlier, it's, it's a grind every day, and we as a team have to come out here every day with a mindset that I'm going to get better today so that I can prepare myself and others for Saturday. I, I got one more non-football question, so I'll go last. Go, go for it. Done fishing lately? <laughs> no, actually, I haven't got to go lately. Um, we've been pretty busy, and I've had some, a good bit of schoolwork, so I've been jealous. One of my, one of my buddies from home just, uh, just joined a, a, a guide service, and I've been snooping around on his page looking at all the fish <laughs> they've been catching. And um, I've been, I'm, on, I'm in some, like, Facebook groups from fishing Lake Alatunas, you know, right up the road here, so – I try to keep up with what those guys are talking about so that whenever I do finally get to go, I can hopefully go out there and catch a few of them and reel some in, you know, just go out there and have a good time. Maybe on the bye week? Absolutely. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I will be, I'll be on the water somewhere. And, and uh, deer season opened up Saturday, this oh. past Saturday. So, obviously, I did not participate in <laughs> deer hunting on Saturday. But um, whenever I get a chance, I'm going to sneak off to the woods if I get a minute as well. Yeah, Caleb was in that play. I haven't seen him in the last series. Where did O'Neal <laughs> yeah. go? What, what, why has he got camouflage leggings on down there? <laughs> Couldn't see him down there. <laughs> yeah, but. Well, Caleb, we worked it in hard to Bob Rathen and Brian Jordan, who had the TV call about your uh, fishing success in high school and how much you love to fish. I don't know if it made it on the broadcast at all, but we try to pitch it out there. Fair. So, Well, we look forward to visiting with you after the bye week, seeing what your success was like out on the lake and uh, in the woods as well, and see if you got any big, uh, big lies to tell us. Hey, you never know. They get bigger every time you tell them. So. <laughs> Caleb, thanks for joining us in Inside the Nest, and good luck against Wofford. Absolutely. Thank you. In the words of the one and only Jason Aldean, we back. We back in the saddle. Welcome back to the Big South Blitz. I am so excited to bring this segment back here on Inside the Nest. We're going to go around talking about Big South teams. We have a full Big South conference this year. Thank goodness. Spring was fun. It was a nice teaser, but the fall is back. Fall football is back. Week two so far for the FCS and the Big South. Let's just dive right into it. We're also going to get some FCS scores out of the way as well. Now let's start this off by looking around the Big South. A lot of really interesting results. Starting off with Charleston Southern. They won 38-21 over the Citadel. Then you look at Robert Morris. Boy, was it a bad day to be a Robert Morris fan. Central Michigan won 45-0 against Robert Morris. Then Gardner-Webb goes down 0-2 against Charlotte. Charlotte, a very surprising team early on. They're 2-0, 38-10 win over Gardner-Webb. Gardner-Webb is a very heavy offensive team, so them only scoring 10 points against a team like Charlotte is a, a little bit shocking, if you ask me. Then looking at Monmouth University, they barely squeak past Fordham, 26-23. to I'll give you more details on that one. Then looking at Campbell, they also fall to Elon. Elon, 24-23 win over Campbell. And Elon, very competitive against a Wofford Terriers football team. 
a team that is now playing Kennesaw State in this upcoming Saturday, but of course you already knew that. Also, looking around the rest of the Big South, Hampton struggled mightily against Old Dominion, 47-7 to loss, and then University of North Alabama got shut out against Chattanooga, but we all know Chattanooga, also a very good local football program up there in Tennessee, they win 20-0. to Looking back at this Monmouth game, what an offensive powerhouse Monmouth has turned out to be. Tony Musket, the praised freshman quarterback from last spring, goes 30 for 44, 268 yards with a touchdown in a late interception that really put that game in limbo for the Fordham Rams to come back and possibly win. They had a last-second Hail Mary attempt to possibly win that game. Falls incomplete. And also looking at Juwan Fari, 31 attempts, 156 yards along with a touchdown. He was fantastic in the last spring as well, and you put together those two offensive performances. I mean, Monmouth was able to put the ball in the air 44 times and rush the ball 31 times. That tells you a lot about, first of all, how often they had the ball and just the first down attempts, all of the the counting stats that are going to count toward Monmouth. Again, they were able to squeak past Fordham, but man, this is going to be a good offensive team late down the stretch. And now that we went through the Big South, let's go around the FCS week two. There are a lot of scores to get to. I don't want this segment to run too long, so we're going to just rapid fire these scores and some notable things that happened in week two of college football. First up, a notable score, but not a notable game. North Dakota State beats Valparaiso 64-0. Unbelievable. Along with James Madison, a 55-7 win over Maine. Now, again, you know you expect James Madison to win by that kind of margin, but Maine Usually a top 25 team. They were in the top 25 most of the spring season. 55-7 to win. Those two programs, perennial top programs in the FCS level, continuing to do what they do. And a game that me and Barkley Miller both highlighted on the pregame with the Georgia Tech was Nickel State versus Louisiana. Louisiana just squeaks that one out. 27-24, to a very late lead taken by the Raging Cajuns, and they end up pulling away with the win. This is a team that was in the top 25 just last week, so we'll see if that maybe gets them back in there, playing FCS opponent, maybe not. But Louisiana, a very good team that Nickel State was able to hang with. Another interesting score. Southern Illinois, given the other KSU, Kansas State, K-State, back in my hometown, that is a very close win for Kansas State, 31-23. to Once again, they gave them a big scare. Southern Illinois, I think we titled them as the juggernaut killers of last spring, and they did that. They knocked off a lot of top programs. Sam Houston State, defending national champs, 52-14 win. No surprise there. And then the mother load of all games, Jacksonville State versus Florida State. Yes, Jacksonville State wins 20-17 to off a last-second touchdown. You can hear the broadcaster throw his headset off as soon as that had happened. What a crazy game from Jacksonville State, and what a comeback for that team. They get shut out against UAB Week 1. They come back, and they beat Florida State, a team that might have been knocking on the top 25 door. They were looking mighty fine against Notre Dame Week 1. Didn't pull away with the win, but now gets upset by JSU. JSU coming to Kennesaw State in the beginning of next month. That's going to be the first home game back after this road trip for the Owls. Very interesting results there from around the FCS. And those were your scores from around the FCS as well as the Big South. This is the Big South Blitz. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad to bring this segment back. Fall football is officially here. We are not messing around with anything in the spring. It's a full season, a full conference, which I think is probably the most 
important part of this segment is the Big South Conference. We have all the teams back. I'm excited to see, but I want to put this out there. Not that we're looking past Wofford in any stretch of the imagination, but I want fans out there for the JSU game. It's going to be a big time rival. They're going to be an A Sun. They are an A Sun team as of right now. Football, it's you know a different story. But this is going to be a big time rivalry game for the future. Packed student section. Love the turnout. But let's do even better. Let's make it even better. That's going to be a great environment against JSU. The next home game for Kennesaw State coming off the bye week. That is it for the Big South Blitz. I am Jordan Griffith. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get you back to Inside the Nest. We know you're concerned for your health, but rest assured, we are here for you. Our hospitals, health parks, and offices are open and taking every safety precaution so you can get the care you need. Wellstar, more than health care, people care. Welcome back into Inside the Nest. We did not send Caleb O'Neill away. Caleb hung out with us. And we, we haven't done this with a student-athlete before, but now's when the interview gets tough, Caleb. This is the part of the podcast where we all really struggle, but you may be able to get on the scoreboard. <laughs> so we have uh, two rounds here. The first round, not for points, but would you rather? And Jordan's got a great would you rather question for us. The second round is fact or fiction, in which we'll give two statements, one's true and one's false. And you got to tell us which is which, okay? All right. So the first one, the would you rather, we'll let Caleb answer first, then we'll go uh, Sutton, me, and then you, okay? All right. Would you rather buy all used underwear or all used toothbrushes? Oh, oh man. That's, that's I'm going to make way. it more interesting and say the rest, like the rest of your life. The rest of my <laughs> life. The rest of your life. Okay. Oh, gosh. Uh, um. Am I allowed to wash said used underwear when I get home? Mm. Well, yeah, I feel like that. If I have to I feel wear, like that's reasonable. I mean, that's reasonable because I mean I'm gonna wash my own after I wear them one time. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Because so, I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's part of the question. So, so I, I, I think, I'll wear. Yes, I'll I wear washed, used underwear. I will not brush my teeth with someone else's toothbrush. That's that. That's a bit of a stretch for me. Like, <laughs> I. I mean, a, a clothes washer does pretty good you know you can put some strong stuff in there with that but a toothbrush somebody could have scrubbed their toilet with that thing you never know you know, you know what i mean i'm right there with caleb <laughs> I, I have to agree i'll go with the used underwear too because i can't put someone else's toothbrush in my mouth Mm-mm. just can't do it see i want to go toothbrush because then you think okay really you're, you're cleaning your teeth and you're having toothpaste on it so the toothbrush itself should be getting clean and then you rinse it off after underwater. So it should be okay. It's just not going to be as firm and coarse. And then the underwear actually gets worse over time. And it's <laughs> all frayed. And somebody could have had a blowout in there. And there's no recovering <laughs> after that. But I still got to go underwear. Yeah. I, I, I still, I, I, I still got to go underwear. I, man, <laughs> I'm not doing it just to go against the grain. But I'm actually going to go with toothbrush. I, I, because, I because here's the thing. After about two to three uses, that toothbrush is now mine. You know, after underwear, I just feel like as, as the further it goes along, I just like it. Just I don't know. It just gives me the creep. The more man. it's gonna wear on you. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Wow! I had yeah. to slip that one in exactly. there. Didn't you? <laughs> it just I feel like the underwear will never be mine. It'll just always be in the back of my head. That it's fair. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's a stupid reason, but I went your, with it. Your your mouth germs will take over their mouth germs. Yeah, their exactly. underwear will take over you. Right. right. No, exactly. <laughs> you said it better than I could. Exactly. <laughs> You start having Caleb O'Neill as a guest yeah, appearance seriously. for Would You Rather. Seriously. All right, fact or fiction. So here, here's the scoreboard. 
you have one. Barkley has zero. Yeah. You have one. I have one. You have one. I have two. I'm two for two. Mm. Okay. Barkley's obviously not here, so he's never going to catch up to the lead. But yeah. you can get on the scoreboard, <laughs> and then you maybe we'll do some celebrity thing amongst all the players at the end of the season. You can play this once and have more points than Barkley. <laughs> yes. That's, that's a fact. It is a fact. All right, fellas. Number one and only. Water fountains make different pouring sounds depending on the temperature of the water or that there is a star named Bartholomew in the neighboring galaxy that has the brightness of 100,000 suns put together. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yep. You, so, so just to be clear, you have to tell me which one you think is true. I have no do, idea. Do you need me to repeat it? Yeah, let's, let's so run it by it one more time. Okay. Water fountains make a different noise. Depending on the temperature of the water. Or that there's a star in the neighboring galaxy named Bartholomew that has the brightness of 100,000 suns put together. See, I think you're trying to hit me with the sleight of hand trick like I got you guys with. Yeah, you're trying to pull a little sneak attack here. Yeah, so. <laughs> but, well, that is the purpose of the game. Yes. So are you yes, saying the so, yeah. star's name is Bartholomew? The star's name is Bartholomew. Yes. That just sounds like too, mean, too much detail. You know? But th the detail <laughs> makes it... Slightly believable. Slightly believable. And it's a faraway galaxy. Like Stars are like millions of years old before we yeah. even see them. i got to think this oh. one through. Wow, this one really threw you guys for a loop. This, one, yeah. this one has me certainly tailspin. This <laughs> uh, I, I, I've, I've witnessed the little refrigerator thing on the, on the uh, water fountains kick yeah. on too, which obviously – it's going to make a noise when it's cooling the water. Bye, so, I think we've got it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very stuck here. I need, I need some answers, guys. Okay. We so, can go out of order. Right, Whoever's wait, got the, one for the, me. Okay. The noise. Does the noise change? Are you saying the noise changes? It, the noise is different depending on the temperature of the water. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to go with that because – the little refrigerator in, or the little cooler in there <laughs> kicks on whenever the water is having to get cooled, which means there's higher temperature. The water's got to get cooled down. I, I mean, I think the kid's onto something, but you know what? I'm gonna go with Bartholomew because I think there's something fishy about See, it. See, I know <laughs> there's something fishy about it. So wait, wait, Bartholomew is the is the true one? Yes. Okay. All right. So there definitely is a star named Bartholomew, and. What Jordan's done in the past is try to take something that's true but change, like instead of, you said it was like 100,000 suns, it's only like 1,000 suns or 10,000 suns. Instead of like a galaxy where it's like two galaxies See, 100,000 suns is a That's a lot of suns. Yeah. That's a lot. That's like 100,000 more than ours. Well, 900 and... Oh, yeah, not full. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And 900. This is not a math. Love math. Is, oh, this is not a math <laughs> what, yeah, what, what are you math, math guys podcast, doing here? If we're going to be exact now. <laughs> I thought you were in a history class. <laughs> hey, it's the minute details, right? Yeah, minute details. <laughs> I, I just took the test. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to go with the sun. Um, because I think back to water fountains and stuff. And, I mean, I, I, I pour water at different temperatures and it's the it's like when you pour it over ice you hear the ice sounds when you pour hot water in, you don't hear the hot water I can't, you turn on the shower like the, the sound of the shower water doesn't change from cold to hot it doesn't sound any different to me is that what is that so considered a water fountain or are we talking about like the fountain right over there we're talking about a water fountain he's talking like a water yeah water fountain over here 
Gotcha. Which apparently there's parts of America people call that thing a bubbler. A what? Bubbler? A bubbler. Yeah, it's like upper Midwest or the Northeast. They call it a bubbler. Not in my Midwest. <laughs> no way. <laughs> not, not out in Kansas. Not, not in the mid-Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for that, so comparing it to a shower and then knowing how you try to have done trickery and that you're not going to do trickery this time, I'm going to go with the sun part being true statement. Well, let me first say that everyone except for Sutton was very paranoid. You, you two were very paranoid about the answer, but... Caleb was correct. Let's go. The water does change, and the Bartholomew was like, Isaac just completely made it up. <laughs> Bartholomew is actually <laughs> <laughs> Bartholomew is actually my alter ego's name. Oh. I just put that one in well, there. Well, you really okay. pulled yeah, a sneaky exactly, on exactly. there. You, yeah. He always puts something in. He always does <laughs> no, something. The astrologer over here. <laughs> now, oh, now on hold on. Now, I'm sure there is a star out there named Bartholomew. That, you know, you can buy for 20 bucks a star. <laughs> and, you know, if you get a power enough telescope, you can see it, you know on a clear summer day, but yeah. So Caleb has more points than Barkley Miller. Oh, dude, it's in the galaxy next to us, and it's 999,999 <laughs> times more. <laughs> Just That's a bit funny. off. Just a bit off. Just oh, wow. a bit outside. Oh, that was good. No, apparently there's some astronomer that discovered some metallic star in the Milky Way, and uh, his last name is Bartholomew. Have so. you heard about the people trying to uh, mine a Super humongo asteroid made out of metal. No, are you sure it's just me. not the movie Armageddon? <laughs> well, I know. I think I think it might be a joke. I, I, it's probably a joke. But I, I read an article about it today, and obviously, all articles that get shared on Facebook are true. Yeah, oh, so that's how that works. 100%. So I don't know if that's a hoax. I just read like a little bit of it. I didn't read to the end. But anyways, apparently there is an asteroid that could potentially, whatever, Armageddon get Armageddon. <laughs> Use that as a verb. I like it. Yeah. So our scoreboard, me too. Jordan won. Sutton won. Caleb O'Neill, one for one. Tied for one. Batting a thousand. Barkley Miller, a fat, chunky <laughs> zero. Yeah. Mm. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what happens when you propose. I'm about to say, <laughs> he's had, he's had some very important goes. things on his mind lately, so we'll we'll let we'll We'll, we'll nope. cut him a slight break there. Just, just a small one, not not a very big one. Slight. Well, Caleb, it was fun having you as a guest, turning into a guest host here this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, that'll do it for us inside the news. Keep the headset on until the end. That's one of the rules of broadcasting. Don't take your headset off before we're over. Otherwise, people hear that big old clank. Which, by the way, in the Florida State game, they play the radio call, yes, and you can hear the that. analyst. You can actually hear the analyst throwing his headset down after they <laughs> lose to Jacksonville State. <laughs> So that'll be interesting. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks when you host Jack State. But first, Wofford this Saturday, 6 o'clock. Pre-game show will be at 5.20. We'll be kicking it off. Terriers and the Owls on the KSU Owls app and KSUowls.com. For Jordan Griffith, Brandon Sutton, Caleb O'Neill, good luck against Wofford. We'll see you on Saturday. Thank you very much.